coming to you from the lab where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. Welcome to The Gun Experiment, episode two. This week, we talk to manager of Smoke Wagon Firearms, review Mantis X and cleaning kits, discuss new gun buyers, and cutting the cord. I am excited for episode two, and of course, by my side, my co-host, the big man, Big Keith. How you doing, big guy? I'm doing well. How you doing, Mike? I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. How was your week so far? So far, so good. You know, I got a lot of uh, chores done around the house that I had been uh, neglecting, so... uh... You know, I got a nice power wash back house and uh, finally put that garage door opener up on my uh, second garage that uh, has been in a box for three years. Nice. All this Corona stuff. All this Corona stuff's got everyone uh, plenty of time to do some odds and ends, right? Yeah. But, you know, actually, my wife was kind of saying, and I agree with her, it's it's been a nice uh, change to have a slower pace. You know, we're always on the go every weekend. You know us. We're always busy. And uh, it's been great for like a few weeks to not have to really, you know, worry about going anywhere. Nice, nice. I'm sure that's Uh, going to get old like this week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So before we go any further, the most important question of the entire night, what are you drinking tonight? I'm going with a little rum and and cherry Coke. Nice. uh, I'm doing a Gentleman Jack uh, on the rocks, and uh, I should probably just say proactively that the mic may pick up some uh, ice sloshing around, but, you know, we don't have the Joe Rogan studio here, so we we have to just deal with it. Um, All right. So before we go any further, I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Monday of every month. So be sure to tune in and subscribe. And without further ado, our guest today is the manager of Smoke Wagon Firearms in Montgomery, New York, established in 2017 as a family owned and operated gun shop with a business model designed to offer customers the lowest prices in the area. Please welcome our guest, Trevor Bickler. Trevor, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? How are we? We are doing well. We are doing well. How you doing? Good. Can't complain. Just trying to survive like everybody else, you know? Nice, you got enough nice. toilet paper, Trevor? Oh, yeah. Plenty. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Trevor? Uh, just a little ginger ale. I'm not getting too crazy. I guess we'll have to get crazy for the three of us then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so, for having uh, me, guys. I definitely appreciate it. No, we're we're excited to have you. Uh, so uh, Keith came in, and I know he bought a, a new uh, firearm from you, and that kind of got the ball rolling, which is great. Um, yeah, absolutely. But you know, I I know Jason, um, but I who is the owner of uh, of the store, but yes. I've actually never met you. Um, how did you first get into guns and shooting? Is it something you've always been into? Uh yeah. I mean, uh, long story short, you know, my old man was an outdoorsman, always has been, and. Um, I was uh, 15 or 16 at the time, honestly, and uh, we had a local store down by where I grew up in Rockland, and uh, him and the owner were tight, and they got to talking one day, and uh, he jokingly said that uh, he needed a discount, and that I should start working there so he can get one, and uh, uh, slowly but surely, you know, I just kind of worked my way into his store, Uh, it was actually uh, Davis Shooting Sports down in Slowsburg, and um, then uh, from there, I went to Gander Mountain, and then uh, from there... I uh, had some odd and end retail jobs and then wound up at Thruway and now I'm at Smoke Wagon. So I've been in the firearms industry in one facet or another for probably almost a decade now. Okay. All right. Um, so I I knew that you were at, um, you first met Jason at Gander, correct? Correct. Yeah. That's where you first met each uh, other, right? Yeah. Probably going on like eight years ago now, nine years ago. 
Okay. So, um, so tell us a little bit about just like, I mean, a little more detail, like in terms of like your experience in the industry working at Gander. And then for those that don't know, Thruway is a kind of like a smaller market, but still like box store, uh, yeah, more of a local, yeah. local place. Exactly. Um, yeah. and now you're at a, a smaller place. So kind of give us like a little bit into like what it was like working in each one and, and just your experiences in those. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, to speak to most of the, most of the retail locations I've worked at, they're usually uh, smaller family owned shops. Um, there's a, a lot of good things about it. Um, there are some bad things about it, of course, just like anything else. Um, good things about it. You get to know ownership very quickly. Uh, you get to have one-on-one conversations with them pretty regularly. Uh, you get a feel for each other. You build up a large trust. Um, you know, obviously the, the smaller stores don't have the same negotiating and buying power of the bigger ones. So sometimes you're limited in that respect, but, um, I would say the pros definitely outweigh the cons in that. Um, uh, you know, going from someplace like Gander, uh, you know, and Jason could probably speak to this as well. Um, we, we definitely had our hands tied in a lot of situations. Um, you know, upper management and corporate handles a lot of the negotiations, the buying, uh, uh, hiring things of that nature. Um, you know, being in family-owned stores, it's, it's it's a lot more transparent the whole process, so we can get a lot done, and it's just more personal all around. Um, you know, <laughs> the, my favorite shop as of right now is the one I'm at, of course. Um, like you said, <laughs> J- Jason and I met probably uh, eight nine years ago now, and uh, you know, we just both had a vision, and um, you know, I was working for. Uh, through at the time and then i had left there and uh you know we just put our heads together and said let's get it going so um yeah i mean to 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 speak to that you know jason's been an incredible boss so far he's incredible to work for um you know we get along great so uh you know we're really looking to take it to the next level hopefully sooner than later yeah i mean i i've shopped at all three of the locations that you worked at um awesome and (laughs) yeah and and i and i've um I stumbled across Jason. I think I was looking for something and I, no one else had it. He had it. And I went in there and, you know, you walk in, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a tiny shop. Yeah. Right? yeah it's, small, it's, it's very yeah. small, mm-hmm. but man, like I, I love it. I, I just love it there. Like I love walking in and then he, you know, he's always been just so cordial to me and he never rushes me out the door. He just, even I've just gone there just to shoot the shit a little bit. And, you know, he's, he's a great, great guy. And, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, like working for him and working with him has to be an absolute pleasure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, to speak to what you said about, you know, the shop being small, um, what I like to say is where we really win uh, with Jason and I is our customer service. You know, like you kind of touched on, you know, being a smaller shop, yeah, we don't have the overhead and the selection that a lot of the bigger guys do, uh, but we can get anything at the end of the day. And um, I think a big portion of that is uh, just building, you know, good rapport and good trust between you and the customer. And, uh you know, at the end of the day, we're both working guys. We understand, uh, you know, we want to get uh, the customers, our customers, the best deal that we can and, uh, you know, keep you guys coming. Um, you know, we, we, we grow relationships with uh, each and every one of you that come in. And, uh, you know, it's 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 more family-like, even from, you know, just uh, just the customer's perspective as well. Um, and that's one thing I'm, I'm pretty proud of, you know. That's awesome. That's that's great. Um, Trevor, would you say there's uh, a lot more smaller family gun shops in New York now lately than anything else? I I, I don't even think, you know, other than the throughway market, who what's like the biggest one in our area? Uh, you know, that that's that's tough. Um there I would like to say that there are more than you think. Um yeah. you know, just off the top of my head I can think of four um, you know, privately owned fa- family owned uh establishments. 
Um, they are popping up here and there, um, which is nice because, you know, it's kind of like a grassroots grassroots movement. And uh, that's how it always was back in the day. I mean, we didn't, they never right. had these big conglomerates. I mean, you had Sears Roebuck and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, that was a completely different time. But, um, uh, you know, other than that, they're, they're popping up. Um, like I said, I can think of four off the top of my head. Um, but but yeah is that is that mainly due to this these big retailers really just stopping the sale of uh, firearms yeah i think that definitely has something to do with it you know um and even then when they don't stop as a whole i i think you know the the customers within our community um they're very loyal and very patriotic and as soon as these big companies start virtue signaling they're just they're just not yeah. about it anymore you know yeah. so yeah i i have to say something in terms of you just said that like other small ones are popping up and yeah, I have to say, because this speaks a lot about like your character and I know Jason's very similar. Like you could have said like, oh, there's a lot of popping up. It's a lot of competition. That never even, that wasn't even like something that you seem like you would thought about. You're like, it's great for the industry. And I think oh, that's yeah, something that's often. It's, it's tremendous for the industry, you know? Yeah, I think people is, miss that. That like, this yeah. is like one, this movement, especially in New York, we have to, we have to have people that are passionate about this because if we don't, we lose this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that could be seen with places like Gander. I mean, they went out and now uh, they were Gander Outdoor uh, for a short period and they're on their way out as well. And um, I attribute it to, you know, upper management not being passionate about the product and uh, just being a little uh, just old fashioned too big for their britches. You know, they think because they're big and they have the overhead and the selection that people are going to pay a premium for them. And uh, it just it just doesn't happen, you know, especially when they're providing an ill experience. I mean, it's just a double header at that point. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you that you guys have that attitude. I think it's important because, you know, we, we obviously have to make sure that this movement continues to move forward, this grassroots movement. Yeah. Um, so obviously right now we are in a very strange situation. This coronavirus is really sort of shaking things up. Oh, yeah. Um, what have you experienced in terms of the industry and, and, you know, selling firearms? What have you experienced with this? Um, I mean, it's a huge uptick of sales, um, huge, unprecedented. Um, it's, it's a great thing, um, you know, from a number standpoint, um, albeit a, a, a scary thing, you know, I mean, you have people that have never purchased guns in their lives coming in to purchase guns, you know, and, um, you know, that's, it's an interesting situation and, you know, having to articulate to these people, um, you know, uh, do's and don'ts, so the basic safety rules, you know, while being inundated, it's a, uh, you know, it's a task. And, um, uh, but like I said, it's a good thing. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, we're all on the same page and we're all trying to survive and we're all trying to do the right thing. And, um, uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's great for numbers, but, it, but it's tiring, man. I mean, it's, uh, we have nothing on the shelves right now. Um, right. you know, and basically we're closed right now, not only due to health concerns, and the state mandate, but also because we're just playing a lot of stock. I mean, I don't have anything on the shelves right now. People call up, do you got ARs? And, you know, I got to tell them no. And uh, Lord knows when we're going to be getting them back in. It's uh, yeah. even even from a distribution standpoint. I just got an email today from one of my main distributors. They're three weeks behind. Three weeks. Wow. So, I mean, you know, you can come up to me and say, hey, I'd like to special order this. Uh, you're not going to see it for a month, most likely. You know, so uh, it's uh, it, it's. Uh, Something else. I, I've never seen anything like it. Even, you know, uh, during the Obama administration, when uh, President Obama was first elected, um, you know, everybody kind of lost their minds and thought he was, you know, going to put through a lot more legislation than he did. Uh, you know, the 22 shortage and all that stuff. Um, it was right. bad, but nowhere near as much as, uh, nowhere near as bad as it is now. 
Yeah. Now you said that you've seen personally, it sounds like you've seen an uptick in sales and oh, yeah. I want to point something out because I kind of want to get to this um, because I'm actually curious, but I also think it's something that people listening should hear. Um, right now there's very low stock and supply and demand says, Hey, if you have guns, you can ask whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And Jason told me this the first time I met him. And I was almost like, ah, I don't know if I believe this, but he said, we don't price gouge. We never do. We never will. And he's reiterated that to me in this crisis. That's amazing because very few people have that. Why, why is that your policy? And would you like to speak to that a little bit? Um, you know, just like I said, man, at the end of the day, we're both working guys. Uh, and it's, we understand, you know, that not everybody can afford six, seven, 800, whatever the number is dollar rifles. And, uh, you know, we, we, we mark up our product a certain percentage because at the end of the day, we got to keep the lights on and pay ourselves. But other than that, we're not going to price gouge. It's, a, it's, it's immoral. Um, it's unpatriotic, especially in the field that we are in. Um, you know, I see guys online like cheaper than dirt. They were charging like a thousand dollars or whatever it was for a can of five, five, six, you know, and when people are scared, they'll pay it, but it's just not right. Um, That's you know, awesome. we're, yeah. we're, we're never going to do it. We're never going to start. Uh, and, uh, it's like I said, just immoral and unpatriotic at the end of the day. So somebody wants to buy a gun, their first gun, they're yep. new to this industry or they're, they've never wanted a gun before. And they say, I'm going to go, um, over and buy a gun mm-hmm. from, from you guys. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for new gun owners before they come into the shop? Because I know there's, there's crazy stories and we're going to get to one a little later in the show, but you know, what would you like to tell someone who's just about to go in and they're panicked and they're nervous and they never even thought they'd ever want a gun before. Now they want one. Yeah. Um, first thing I would say is, is do a little bit of homework. Um, you know, we're in the age of information. Information is easily accessible. I mean, I'm standing front, right in front of a computer right now. I can hop on Google and do a search of, you know, 10 best shotguns of 2020 or whatever the situation may be or whatever I'm looking at. Um, do a little bit of homework. Uh, it, it's difficult to, to narrow in sometimes exactly what your needs are unless you at least know a little bit in the direction that you'd like to head in. Um, you know, be ready to ask some questions, have a list of questions. Um, you know, I had a guy, uh, stop in the other day and he said to me simply, uh, I'm looking for a rifle. I said, all right, well, you know, tell me a little bit about more what you're looking for. You know, rifles, pretty broad term. Oh, uh, my wife's scared. And she just said to get something. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's again, very broad question, you know, very broad. Um, so you really got to narrow in on what you're looking for. And the poor guy just had no idea. And, uh, you know, me being in as inundated as I was, you know, I, I couldn't spend too much one on one time with him. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, we didn't have any stock. It was approaching the end of, you know, our, our open hours. Um, but, uh, uh that, that would be my suggestion Do a little bit of homework again with the age of information, you know, no excuse not to really, um, have a general idea of what you're looking for and just have a list of questions. You know, it'll really help us both at the end of the day. It'll help me narrow in on what you're looking for and it'll help you, uh, you know, narrowing in on what you're looking for as well. And at the end of the day, you get exactly what you need, exactly what's going to suit your needs. And, uh, you know, we'll both be happy at the end of the day. Okay. All right. Sure. Are people surprised by the process of buying a gun, Trevor? You know, like, or or what they're allowed to buy versus what they're not allowed to buy? Definitely, definitely. Um, especially the newbies. Um, you know, with New York being such a strict state, uh, you know, for, for gun rights, um, you know, people see an AR on the wall uh, and they ask, oh, this isn't legal, right? And I have to, you know, you have to explain to them that they are illegal, you know, whether it be a pin mag, modified bulk catch, things of that nature, things to make them compliant or a featureless rifle. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, even the, even the Knicks process, a lot of people, you know, again, that are new to the industry, they have no idea what the Knicks process is. Um, you know, and, um, excuse me, there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, just, they listen to CNN and they think there's some gun show loophole and, uh, yeah. you know, you got to go through the paperwork and, you know, everything else that's involved with it. So there's definitely a lot of confusion. Um, but, uh, it, it's nice to see that, you know, people are realizing that the second amendment is, is still very applicable to this day and age. Um, you know, since there's been a lot of talk that it isn't. And, uh, I think situations like this just prove that it is. So it's great to see. How about, uh, how about like a, why can't I leave with, with this pistol now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, a lot of people don't understand that there's a permit process involved and, uh, and an amendment process involved as well. Um, you know, and, uh, right now, even with handguns too, um, you know, Orange, I can't speak for the rest of the counties, but Orange County, the courthouse is closed. So, you know, and they have, they're working with skeleton crews. So you have all you can do to get an amendment. So it's, uh, it's tough as a whole right now. Do you, uh, do you have an opinion on, you know, how you would get the message of personal responsibility um, with regard to like voting uh, to get, you know, more, more pro-gun people? I mean, I'm sure some of these people that are walking in before are, are individuals that maybe never thought they'd be in that position and never needed a gun and maybe voted that way. And now they've come in and they've bought a gun. And, you know, do you think they have a personal responsibility now to vote a particular way because they're purchasing a gun? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, nobody wants a gun until the enemy are at the gates, simply put. And uh, it's, uh, you know, come election time, you got to remember the situation that we were in. And I think if, you know, you're voting for people that are, you know, against our rights, against civil rights, then it's, 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 it's kind of hypocritic, uh, to, to, you know, vote the other way. Um, definitely, you know, I, I, I'm doing my part to remind people like, Hey, come election time, you got to remember who's looking to take these things and who's not, you know, cause situations like this, they're not going to stop. It's going to keep happening. I mean, you know, 2001, uh, terrorist attacks, um, you know, a couple, a uh, couple years ago, SARS, uh, now we're in a coronavirus. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, this is um, the third, this is the third coronavirus bout that we've had in this decade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. So, you know, again, um, the right to defend yourself and the people that you love is absolute. And, uh, you know, I definitely encourage people to, to remember that. Trevor, With do you the, feel, sorry, Keith. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I apologize. Uh, Trevor, do you feel that some of these like newbies that are coming in and maybe, maybe they were on, on my, on this show, I try not to like do the whole like left's right thing. You know, I try, sure. cause there's people who are liberal who are pro gun. So I try yeah, not to right. like alienate them, but yeah. people who are anti gun and tend to be politically more liberal. Do you right. feel that people who are now coming in and they're like, I've never voted Republican in my life and I've never been a pro gun person, but now I want a gun. Do you right. think that they will? now see the light and say, you know what, I, I understand what everyone was saying now and, and at least maybe vote that way a little bit. Do you, do you think that that some of these people will stick around? I hope so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I agree with Keith. I definitely hope so. Um, you know, I wouldn't hold my breath, uh, because people, people forget easy, man. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's so difficult to call, uh, but people get complacent. They forget about things. Um, you know, so while I wouldn't hold my breath for it, I, I'm with Keith. You know, I'd like to see it, and I hope so. That's fair. Well, we just got to keep talking about it. I know it's something like, you know, Trevor, you said you've been talking about it, something that I've been talking about a lot more, too. Um, 
how about with, you know, of course not using any names or if you want to make mm. up some fun ones, that's okay. <laughs> what has been the funniest interaction you've had with a new gun owner at, uh, to date? Um, mm, that's a, that's a tough one. There, there's been quite a few in my time. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean the most recent from memory. Better not say with me, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you stole my idea now. Now, now you got me on the spot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, um, uh, uh, there's really been so much, um, you know, I've had people bring in loaded guns, point them right at me while it's not fun. Oh my God. Like, you know, it's like my worst fear. Yeah. I mean, listen, man, it happens, you know? And I mean, I know you said funny situation, but that's like the first thing that pops to mind is, uh, you know, and that's even gun owners that have had guns for a while and are considered proficient, you know? And, uh, uh, but funny was probably that guy walking in and just saying his wife was chewing him out. I mean, that that was funny. You know, that, that was funny. Uh, that's great. So, uh, where can people find you guys online and on social media? Like where, if you want to find you guys, where, where can they go? Yeah. So if you go on Facebook, uh, just search smoke wagon firearms, you'll find us on there on Instagram handles at smoke wagon firearms. And then we do also have our website, uh, shows a couple of the brands that we hold no inventory or anything like that. No purchases could be made there, but it's just smoke wagon firearms.com. Awesome. You guys are a Liberty safe dealer too, right? Trevor? Oh, that's correct. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And a Voltec as well. Awesome. So if anybody out there listening, looking for a firearm or anything uh, firearms related, mm-hmm. look them up. They, they are, a, I will vouch for them. They are a great, great um, small store, but they are great and they will Thanks, treat man. you right. Appreciate the Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I say that from the heart, really. Um, so Trevor, on this show, we have a, a little game we play with our guests and uh, Keith was the first one and you're going to be the second and it's called oh, cool. Run and Gun. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. You're going to like it. So- <laughs> It's called Run and Gun, and I'm going to ask you 10 questions, and okay. I just want you to give me the first answer that comes off the top of your head. Okay. You ready for it? All right. What is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Oh, 300 Blackout Pistol. Nice. Spikes Tactical. Sweet. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Ooh. Browning 16-gauge uh, Grand Lightning over and under. Okay. Wow. Keith, over-under guy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. If you could draw, if you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Clint Eastwood. Favorite caliber? 45 ACP. Favorite hobby not gun-related? Uh, fly fishing. Keith said you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Keith knows me too well already. Apparently. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, uh, flying. Much rather be in the all help right now. <laughs> Man, I would, Trevor, I was hoping you picked the same as me. I went, I went with X-ray vision. X-ray vision. Oh, that's a good one. That could be beneficial at times for sure. <laughs> okay, Trevor, all hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Ooh. See, I can see that from both perspectives. Cause if you're yeah. trained, you can always wind up being armed later down the road. Uh, I'm going to go with arms, though. Okay, fair. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Shotgun. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your six other than your spouse? Clint Smith. All right. Good answers. (laughs) All right. So you you ran it, and uh, you did well. Very, very, very nice. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Let's mix it up. 
Okay, so today's discussion of the day, um, we are going to talk about new shooters and gun owners. So we kind of have uh, done that a little bit already with you. But so there was a, a video of a firearms dealer in California. It was Riverside, California gun shop owner. And he went off on this rant. And I'm going to just take one quote from him. The quote was, you first time gun buyers are irritating, quote unquote, the fuck out of me. And he goes on to say that, you know, you can't just come in and offer me more money to rush it and all these <laughs> other things. And which is he's 100 percent right. But he was clearly irritated by this. And he, he just had a bad day, you know, yeah, he had a he bad just, day. Absolutely. absolutely yeah. And he decided to take it to social, man. He went crazy. So um, has everyone seen the video? Yeah. yeah. Yep. I've seen it. Yep. Okay. So um, I just want to kind of talk about this and like, you know, you're, we have obviously people from different facets here and, and how do we feel about this? So Trevor, you're our guest. I'm gonna let you go first. How do you feel about this? Um, I feel like, you know, he's definitely showing some frustrations that have been felt by, you know, by myself uh, and others in the industry with this going on. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming, you know, um, from just the, 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 the load of tasks that we have to complete, the load of paperwork, um, you know, on top of a lot of new shooters coming in and not knowing the process, what's involved with it, um, wanting things done instantly. Like I said, one of my main distributors is just three weeks behind. I mean, having to explain that to somebody that's never had to purchase a gun before and is being told, oh, you know, their guns are easy to get. It's kind of like a shell shock to them, um, you know, and having to explain that. But, um, you know, uh, uh, one thing I take away from that video is, is just the frustration. Um, you know, could he have said things a little bit better? Uh, sure. You know, I, at the end of the day, I think if you sit there and, you know, critique somebody's speech or, or, or rant long enough, you could definitely find things to improve upon. But, um, you know, I, I don't think anything he said was, uh, was wrong, uh, at the end of the day, but, um, uh, you know, it's just what I take away from is pure frustration and, uh, it's definitely felt by the industry as a whole. Yeah, it was clear. It definitely had a, uh, a feeling of frustration. I would a hundred percent agree with that. Keith, how do you feel about it? I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to, to look at that and separate it into a box that is, you know, satire. And I definitely think he was doing it for a little bit of, you know, a rise and uh, maybe even a laugh out of some of us that, uh, you know, can understand the frustration as Trevor described, um, you know, for the people who can't separate it out, obviously, you know, I feel that the message was a little bit uh, probably tough and, and not necessarily the one that we should be advocating for, especially if we want more people to be gun owners and pro and pro gun. But uh, I definitely can understand and, and did get a little bit of humor out of, out of what he's dealing with. You know, I just uh, it's, it's hard when, everything is so public and so uh, sensitive is the word I was looking for, you know? So I think, I think it's just people aren't able to, to accept it for what it probably is, which is, you know, probably a guy who had a bad day and just look an event a little bit and probably picked the wrong forum to do it. Yeah. I kind of agree with in terms of the wrong form. Like he obviously had a bad day. He could have said, you know what, let me sleep on it and think about this. And he, he didn't. Right. But there's an old saying and the saying is there's no such thing as bad publicity. And the man is a, a shop owner. And let's be honest, it's now out there. Right. Like, like yeah, we, we're I, talking about him right now. Right. Yeah. So I, and I hate that all three of us feel that he was probably having a bad day. We don't even know the guy. Maybe he really wasn't having a bad day. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's how it appeared for sure. Yeah. I mean, the problem here's the problem I have with it. And Trevor, what you just said 
if I put myself in your shoes as a gun shop owner, manager, I get it. I totally get it. I have bad days at my nine to five. Keith, you have bad days at your nine to five. Yeah. But Trevor hasn't been on Facebook saying you're irritating the fuck out of me. You know what I'm saying? So like, so first off, you are entitled to feel that way. A hundred percent. You didn't act on it. That's my first thing. The second thing is I feel like as an advocate for the second amendment and part of my reason for doing this show is because I really want to be a positive force in this industry. But we have people who have never even thought about owning a firearm. Maybe they hated firearms and now they're coming out and they want to join our ranks. We can either welcome them with open arms and then train them and make sure they understand things or we can push them away. And I think the worst thing we can do is push them away. So I, I completely understand, kind of like you said, Keith, I can separate the two, but this is not a good look for the Second Amendment. You know what I mean? Like it, it definitely isn't going to welcome people in and make people feel good about supporting our cause. And that's my only sort of, the only thing I don't like about what he did. You know, like- now, did, did have, have gun um, restrictions, they've grown a little bit in California over the last few years, right? Definitely. So they're coming- they're coming up pretty close second behind New York, I think, if I'm not. First or second. I mean, they're, it's like neck and neck, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like New York and Cali are always in a competition of who can. Who can <laughs> who Ever can since Biggie and Tupac. Trevor. I was going to say gangster rap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you know, I mean, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe this gun shop owner is, uh, you know, not totally used to the new way of business. You know, yeah, we've been we've been stuck in this for New York for quite some time. It's only maybe. I mean, like, like I just I, and we'll talk about this on some other shows. We're going to kind of keep this running topic, but you know, I just think we have to really be smart about how we sort of bring these new newbies into the fold. And I think it could be a really good thing for us if we if we do it the right way. But at the end of the day, I mean, the guy was frustrated. It it's obvious. You know, I, I agree with both of you on that. Trevor, do you think some of these new uh, these new gun owners would would be uh, would pay? Uh, you know, in addition to their firearm, like a, you know, an extra fee of whatever for like a half hour of your time for training or something like that? Um, I think there's definitely a small market for it. Um, uh, you know, I definitely encourage it. Any type of training, uh, especially when you're new is, is, uh, you know, huge. Um, I always encourage, it. uh, you know, you want to be safe and you want to be proficient with whatever tool you're just, or you're deciding to use pistol, rifle, shotgun, mm-hmm. whatever the situation may be. Um, so, you know, familiarizing yourself, I totally promote that. Um, there, like I said, I think there is a market. I think it's, uh, rather, I won't, I don't want to say small, uh, but, um, you it think would be people difficult. just expect you to to be able to show them the uh, the safeties and and the you know yeah I mean yeah and yeah and which we do you know we generally go over um, well I shouldn't say generally we do go over um, you know safe operation of the firearm explain to them that the owner's manual is a wealth of information albeit most people wind up throwing it out you know I always discourage <laughs> that it's a huge wealth of information I'm on page forty five of mine okay <laughs> there there you go there you go. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think definitely, you know, people would, would pay for some type of, uh, you know, private instruction, um, uh, you know, but, uh, during this time with such volume too, it's difficult to take the time that we really need. Um, what I definitely do encourage is, uh, you know, if any new gun owners are listening, um, you know, hit up your buddies that are, that are good with guns that have been around guns for a long time, you know, uh, leverage whatever, you know, whatever and whoever you have available to you. Um, 
you know, that, that would be my recommendation. Uh, you know, the, that's the, a really good one. Yeah. The market's really saturated too with instructors. There's a lot of instructors, um, you know, that are NRA certified at a basic level in the area, you know, hit them up, uh, pick their brains, uh, take some classes with them. You know, again, it's, 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 it's difficult with the volume that we have going on right now. And in addition to health crisis, um, let's face it, nobody be wants, nobody wants to be closer than, than six feet apart from each other. Um, you know, so getting into a, uh, a situation where you could effectively teach someone is a little bit difficult than normal, uh, but still obtainable. But um, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's great advice. And I feel like the worst thing you could do is buy your gun and then say, well, I'm just going to stick it to my nightstand drawer and then be <laughs> oh, done with it. Like, absolutely. Yeah. At, at, my my absolutely. first shot will be the one I need. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to speak to that too, uh, I, I always tell people, look, if you're not going to train with it, sometimes it could become a bigger danger to you than you know the person standing on the other side it's time for top gear let us test it before you invest it all right so we are going to get into gear review trevor um i'm gonna give you a chance to talk is there a piece of gear that you're really into right now is there something that you uh you know want to talk about yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking about that uh, before we started up today, and uh, so, something I got turned on to really recently is uh, the Vickers two point slings with the quick adjust. I absolutely love those things. Um, you know, I, I've been just plain Jane nylon, uh, pretty much non adjustable sling guy my whole life. You know, just basic stuff, just making it work. But um, the ease of adjustability is so nice, especially on something like an AR fifteen platform. Um, you know, you got to hide tight when you're on patrol or moving around or anything like that. And then you come into contact or a situation where you have to fire, you loosen it up, comes right up. I mean, being able to have both of those in one package and so easily adjustable. Um, you know, it's not like a one point where you got it bouncing around. Uh, you know, I've always had that problem with a one point um, when you're not actively using it, and uh, the traditional two points where you just bring it up and it's choking you because it's so tight. Um, you know, and these things have been out for a while and, uh, just recently getting turned on to them, but, um, absolutely loving the two point slings by, uh, nice. what, what do they go for? Uh, they're around like anywhere from like 40 to 50 bucks, give or take. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. A lot of different designs and stuff, I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I got the, uh, black, uh, black, uh, multi-cam camo. They come in standard multi-cam coyote, uh, standard black, uh, a couple different variations. Real, real nice stuff. Cool. Nice. What about you, Keith? I, uh, my, my gear for this, uh, this episode is, uh, under 50 bucks, or at least I got it on sale under 50 bucks. It's a, uh, a real avid master universal cleaning kit. Uh, I've had like, uh, just, uh, ad hoc cleaning supplies that I've put together, uh, you know, over the last few years for cleaning guns. And, uh, I decided that it was time to get something a little more organized and, um, this kit kind of fit the bill. It was uh, a great starter kit. I think probably should have began with this. Um, it's got a lot of little tiny plastic picks and, and hooks um, and some brass rods that are uh, for cleaning, uh, cleaning rods for, for barrels and things like that. Um, but the best part of it that I thought was it had this padded oil resistant mat. That's like probably a solid, you know, two and a half feet by maybe, uh, 18 inches. And, uh, it, all of the, uh, picks and brass rods and parts tray and everything is attached to the mat. So you simply roll it up for, uh, for storage and all the pieces are locked in place with lids. 
Um, but it's got, um, like I said, a parts tray for all your tiny bits and, uh, you know, 12 to 20 gauge mops and brushes, 22 to 45 caliber mops and brushes, and uh, really, really great in that self-contained, rollable, portable uh, pouch with, a, you know, like, like a nice uh, tie strap set up. And it's been great because I, I put it right into my uh, workbench drawer, take it out when I need to, you know, clean something, spreads it out, keeps everything right there and nice and tight. And, uh, you know, I'm not running around the garage looking for, uh, you know, looking for, th- for things unless I uh, make a mistake. Nice. And I mean, basically like we're, this whole show is sort of, uh, all about new gun owners. Right. And this is something you buy this thing and it's going to basically cover you for all your shotgun needs. Most of your pistol needs, at least for the, you know, the average person, at least getting into firearms. And, you know, you could always buy a couple extra pieces and then you have your rifles taken care of. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, you know, for me, I mean, I have a pretty wide range, you know, I have a few pistols and and some rifles and and now that AR and, and some shotguns, but you know, the way that my stuff breaks down, this is perfect. You know, um, it, the only additional thing that I would, you know, going to consider in the near future, and especially because I, I bought that AR, is is some sort of stand that I can attach the AR to to take it apart. Um, those seem really, really cool. But uh, other than that, it's it, it'll serve it'll serve its purpose for for like you said, quite some time for anybody. Definitely, definitely. So my uh, my piece of gear tonight is a product called Mantis X, and uh, and all these we'll have links in the show notes for these things. But Mantis X is a uh, it's a small I want to call it it looks like a little tiny box that you put on the front of a pistol or a rifle, and they do make versions for shotguns as well. It attaches um, right to the to the rail, right? Right to the rail, yep. And uh, and if you don't have a rail, they even have little attachments you put on. I think like the bottom of the grip, and it actually can attach that way as well. And what it does is it lets you do both dry fire, live fire, and also like CO two. Like if you have like a like a like a direct blowback, um, what do they call those? Um, like a pellet gun, you know. Yep. And it monitors your shooting, so it tells you all about your your trigger squeeze it tells you if you're breaking your wrist and it makes corrections it tells you exactly what you're doing wrong and i've done a lot of it with dry fire and there's little i don't want to call them games but little like challenges you you challenges you can go through and man it's really cool it really gets you thinking about these little nuances of shooting and right now we're in a, a kind of an ammo shortage and i really don't want to shoot a lot of live fire <laughs> And, uh, you know, so this is like, I do it in my bedroom. I, you know, I do it a couple times a week and I go through the challenges and it, it definitely, it's good for a new shooter. It's good for an advanced shooter. And it, it's a great, great product. I had read early on that there were some problems with it, but I've had zero product, uh, problems with it. And I think that they've improved some of those things, but, uh, the one I have is, a, it was one sixty nine, Um, and it's a, I would highly recommend that version. There's one that's a little cheaper and I think it limits you in a lot of ways. And there's one that's more expensive and I don't think most people would need that one, but, um, highly recommend it. I think it's a great product. Um, very, very, uh, good company. Um, the big Trevor, question heard is, of does it? it actually make you uh, shoot any better? It has not, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had it out at the range one day and I, and I was doing it with a live fire and, uh, it did correct me a little bit. It did. It did. I would look down and be like, why, why did I miss that shot or whatever? And 
I was right, able can, to you make. You can use me as an excuse. I was, you know, blowing off rounds right next to you, and you know, probably distracting you. <laughs> that is fair, but uh, I did notice that I was able to make corrections and improve. Now, does that mean that it made me a better shooter? No, but it was able to sort of guide me in the right direction, and I think that's what's important for all shooters, not just new shooters. Oh yeah, absolutely, I agree. Trevor, have you heard of it before? No, I've never heard of that. I got to check it out, man. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's, it's, it's it is cool. pretty cool. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. Okay, so before we end the show, we are going to finish up with a segment that we like to talk about stuff other than guns. And uh, today we are going to talk about cutting the cord. And when I say that, I mean cutting the cable cord. Um, So, Trevor, do you have cable TV or like kind of like old school cable TV or do you just stream stuff? What is your... Old school cable yeah. TV. <laughs> Old school cable TV. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of new school. I don't even have cable, believe it or not. Um, uh, just Wi-Fi, Netflix, Hulu, you know, all those guys. Um, you know, I, I really don't even have cable TV. The only time I see cable TV is at the shop. So, um, but, um, yeah. Uh, I, so you I cut mean, the cord. You definitely cut the cord. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, the cord's been cut for a long time for me, so. Nice, nice. You're ahead of the curve. You're, you're, <laughs> a, you're a pioneer. <laughs> what about you keith i'm with trevor i've been i've been off the cord for about uh a little over three years mm-hmm. and uh i just i stream everything as well through uh through either a fire stick or uh you know or um uh, air casting or whatever and uh, so if you have a smart tv you can you know link your phone up through it and, and cast over to your tv um so yeah i, I i'm doing uh i have hulu netflix uh, YouTube. I watch a ton of YouTube and, uh, that's about it. I mean, I get, you know, most of my news, you know, from either, uh, I belong to a couple of news uh, paper subscriptions and, uh, or, uh, you know, or, or they have a lot of live stuff on YouTube now. All right. So I am quasi cut. So what I mean by that is I decided I wanted to cut the cord and my wife has this thing that she likes to listen to news in the morning. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'm sure there's a way to do that like through streaming, but she wanted like the actual like turn on like Fox News and you know like listen to the morning news. And now we don't even do that anymore. But I have to call the cable company and actually tell them we don't want this service anymore. Like please get rid of it. <laughs> and I have not done it out of sheer laziness and I know that that is exactly what they bank on. So it really irritates me that I'm talking about this right now. <laughs> well, maybe this will motivate you to call and cancel tomorrow. Probably not, but it should. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, do you? I mean, it's, it's awesome, right? I mean, like, there's so much out there now. It's like back in the day, you were kind of like pigeonholed into whatever, like they were. Yeah, giving you could. You could even watch. You you want to watch a, a you know a TV show or or something from uh, you know ten years ago? You could find it in like three or four minutes, and you know sometimes maybe you have to pay a couple bucks for it, but. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, and I, you mentioned YouTube, like, man, I could watch YouTube all day long. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. there's so much on there. Same here. Yep. My yeah. kids, my kids really are the, are the driving factor behind me cutting the cord. You know, they, you know, they really were monopolizing a lot of the TV and, you know, which is fine. We were watching, you know, good things for them as they were growing up. And I was, after a couple months of that, I was just like, man, what am I paying this bill for? Like, you know, the things that they watch I, are apps or whatever. I could just sign in, you know? So uh, I wasn't really watching it enough to justify the expense. 
where you want to blow like you want to like totally like mind blowing thing. When our kids are adults, they're not going to know what a commercial is. Like you know, like when you were a kid, you'd see a toy and you'd be like, "Oh, I want that for Christmas." They don't even like. There's no commercials. They don't even know what that is. It's the weirdest thing. So it's just like a generational thing. Like I think you know, it's just the new norm, I guess. Yeah, but I, I, I think we should give that some time. I think slowly but surely we'll start seeing some advertisements on Netflix and uh, Hulu's already doing it. So uh, you know, they won't miss an opportunity to make some more money. I'm sure. That is fair. That is definitely fair. All right. Well, I want to thank Trevor for being on the show and give him one more chance to let us know where we can find him. Go ahead, Trevor. Where can we find you at? All right. So you can check us out on Facebook. Just search for Smoke Wagon Firearms. On Instagram, our handle is at Smoke Wagon Firearms. And then also on our website, www.smokewagonfirearms.com. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank awesome. you, Trevor. Everybody, yeah. Be, be sure to check them out. They are a great, great store. If you like this episode and can support the show by hitting the subscribe and share buttons, and of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Gun Experiment so we can keep the conversation going. Mm -hmm.